6.5. You can find it in your app store, um, and many of us have found it to be a great resource um, um, to go with whatever else we're walking through. It's a, it's a great resource. We can talk about it more, but it's found in your app store if you're interested. What if I shared with you that the most important spiritual quality that had the great potential to change the, tra- to change the trajectory of your life? What if I shared with you this quality that absolutely and completely is the key to your spiritual strength? It's not only the key to your spiritual strength, that it's just key to your, your ministry impact. Yep, your ministry impact, not mine. Uh, the quality of your physical health. Uh, the key to your relational intimacy. And, and the key to your financial potential. Is this quality something that you would want to know about? Would you want to know what this is? Good. Well, you know, if everybody said no, we could, you know, we're done. It's all right. You know, I get it. I get it. (laughs) Well, good morning. We are in a series series message, uh, message series called Predecide. At Ipsy Free, we are a people who follow Jesus by loving God and loving all people. To the end of loving God and all people, we desire to share and show the life of God so that they too may choose to follow Jesus themselves. Yet as scripture states, salvation is free. You can find that. Yet... It's not always easy to follow Jesus. It might be actually quite challenging. Yet I believe what we're going to talk about today can kick the challenge in the rear. I really do. I believe that this is one of the keys to unlocking a successful, consistent, well, I already said it, life. So it's the power of consistency. It's the power of consistency. Can you say that? Consistency. Yeah, it is. Your consistency has more, more potential to impact your life than you would ever imagine. Many of you may be saying in your head, oh no, because I'm consistently inconsistent, right? Yeah, most of us are. That's, that's the truth of who we are as humans. We'll get to that in a little bit. We're inconsistent in what we eat. We're inconsistent about our, you know, our desire to exercise. We're inconsistent in reading the Bible, our prayer times. Uh, you know, we can't even get to places on time, right? So some of you might say, the only thing I am consistent at is being inconsistent. If you find yourself like most of the rest of us with really good intentions, but you struggle to follow through, I want, to know, I want you to know that I completely understand can I tell you that there, there's one area that, uh, one area that I've struggled with or uh, that we, and I'll get to it in a second, that we've struggled with uh, most of our married life? Yep, it's this, dating my wife. It's dating my wife. Yep. Obviously, I dated before we got married. I mean, who isn't into the hunt, right? Okay, that was maybe a little more graphic than you want to know. But... School, work, and I'm not, I'm not talking about their school, our schooling, then their school, then our, you know, our kids' school, all took precedent over what I think is vital in all marriage relationships. Yeah, yeah, okay, we, we went out, 
We went to school activities, absolutely. Church, yep, she's here. She's just not in the same place that I'm in. Uh, Kathy's work activities were a large part of what we did. We went on vacations, absolutely, as a family. We would plan date nights, yet it would not last. I mean, somebody would need one of us somewhere else, or both of us. The complexities of trying to wedge in date nights, wedge in dates and date nights into life was just extremely difficult. Yet this led to inconsistency and it led to other things in our marriage that just are not healthy and I would say are not healthy across the board. Paul talks a a bit about being inconsistent. You remember this in Romans chapter 7? If you don't, um, we can show it to you right here. Romans 7. I do not understand what I do, for I want to do, uh, for what I want to do, I do not do, but I, what I hate to do, for I know that, the, that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sp- sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out, for I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. You know, consistency matters. But you and I find ourselves to be often inconsistent in the things we know that are important to be consistent about. But you, maybe like I, are tired of having good intentions and falling short again and again and again. If that's the case, then this message is for you. So before we kick it into gear a little bit further, let's pray. Father, We pray that by the power of your word and the presence of your spirit that you would teach us, encourage us, inspire us, move us to a God-honoring life of consistency following Jesus and being empowered by your spirit. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. As followers of Jesus, our decisions are incredibly important. In fact, we've been talking about this. The, the, The direction of our life is determined by the quality of our decisions. The direction of our life is determined by the quality of our decisions. So what we have been attempting to do and what I've been bringing to you during this message series is we're not waiting for the moment in the future when we're faced with a situation we know is coming and then making a decision. We are pre-deciding those decisions now. We're getting ahead of when those come to us and they're there because they're coming. You know what they are. They faced you already in the past. They will face you in the future. You have the choice. You have the power, God being your helper, to do that. So we have determined to face our future with predetermining power. Predetermining power, it's, it's an incredible tool that allows you to, well, not have to decide in the moment. How many of you uh, remember the days, if you're parents, when your kids would walk to their closet and they would, like, go, I don't know what I'm wearing. Maybe this is you this morning. I don't know what I'm wearing, right? And you realize that they have 10,000 things that they could wear, combinations of things, right? Maybe not so much. But you know what happens when we limit those choices? 
we limit a little constipation in our day. Okay, maybe that was too graphic. But it's true, right? When we go, you're going to wear this or you're going to wear this. Uh, my wife was great. She would go, all right, you have this or this. Which one? No, I want that No, these are before you right now. These are the choices you have. This one or that one. It just, but the, the idea of pre-deciding is just so powerful. And not only that, because it's in our flesh, we know that the devil attacks and we're going to be ready for his attacks. It's not just our own flesh, but he plays into that. And we're going to pre-decide to be consistent. Uh, next week, we'll talk about being devoted. Next week, we'll talk about being devoted. But today, we're talking about being consistent. There are many people you and I admire in life. There are many people you and I admire in life. We we may not know them personally, but we admire them from afar. Or maybe we do know them personally, and we admire them. And my question to you is, why is it that you admire them? Why is it that you might admire them? Uh, Possibly, and probably, they excel at something you want to excel at. That's not the only reason we admire people, but that's a large reason, right? So let's just play this off a little bit. And if uh, this is, you can talk back if you'd like. So in basketball, who do you admire? Come on, I know you got it in you. Who do you admire? You don't have to raise your hand here, man. Just say it. Stephen Kerr. All right. <laughs> Uh-oh, we have a little tension here. Yeah, yeah. Why do we, why do we, like, why do we like him? Because he knows what it is to practice. He knows what it is to be able to make three-point shots when nobody else can make three-point shots. Some of us are a little bit older. We still like Michael Jordan. Because <laughs> he was able to do it when nobody else could do it, right? Okay, what about football? Who do you admire? All right, how about Barry Sanders? All right, this is a little, there you go. He was able to do things on the field that others were not able to do. And you look, look at film at how he played, or you know, they'll do highlight clips, and you go, how, did he, how was he able to do that? Obviously, there was natural talent. Not everybody can do what these people do. He's also, they also did stuff that was consistent. They practiced more than anybody else. Folks. How about... Uh, all right, we'll, we'll just stop there because we could go into a bunch of them, right? But you get it. The, the idea of practicing over and over again, the idea of being able to connect with the ball, to be able to shoot it consistently out of muscle memory, to be able to speak and communicate in ways that other people can't because they can read the room, right? We all have our own niche. We could be in, even those who are engineers, we have these people that we kind of connect with and we go, how in the world do they think of that? Because they continue to innovate. They continue to work. See, successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Occasionally. When I mention the name Daniel from the Bible, what comes to your mind? Go ahead. What comes to your mind? Lions, yeah. Faithful. Alex, man, you're there. Yeah. 
Consistent would be another word you could say for Daniel, right? Maybe, it was, maybe it's due to the stories told in Daniel, yet he was one of the most consistent biblical leaders in all of Scripture. The, one of the most, morally, relationally. He was the whole package when it comes to consistency. Now, let me give you a little backdrop of where we're going. Around 605 B.C., this is, about 18, uh, this is about 18 years after the evil Babylonians destroyed Jerusalem. And the Babylonians, they came in there with their government and abducted a lot of the young boys. Now, they didn't look for just any of them. They wanted the sharpest, the brightest, the best. And they usually were about the age of 12. The reason? Just like any conquering uh, realm wants to do. They want to indoctrinate. They want the best, and they want to indoctrinate them with their own thought and process. So they uh, began to do this with Daniel, right, and his crew. They wanted to feed them their type of food. They wanted to teach them their type of education. They wanted to teach them, teach uh, their values so that they can be part of that Babylonian empire. I mean, that was their goal. And that was kind of a, that was, that was just the way it was. But in this whole process, Daniel stood out amongst the rest of them. The king at this time was named Darius, and he noticed this, this young man, Daniel, who displayed this unusual consistency. And I don't think it was, we'll get to it in a second, I think it was in almost everything. His moral, his relational, Everything. And consistency is contagious, by the way. It's attractive. For those who want to excel, they see, oh, I mean, uh, uh, I'm losing the author, but uh, there's an author that wrote about the fact that it takes 10,000 hours, 10,000 hours before you become an expert in any one field. These are the, those type of people that spend those 10,000 hours doing that one thing while we all want to, myself included, want to see ourselves in a multiple of things. They just think about that one thing and they do it over and over again. It's contagious. And they wanted to raise him up and promote him. Some of the Babylonians themselves didn't like this interloper and they wanted to get rid of him. We don't want this guy. He's getting our spot. We're the Babylonians. He's not. Why are they letting him in, right? But they, so they decided to dig up dirt on Daniel and get him canceled. Now, could they? No, they couldn't. They tried. Verse 4 of Daniel 6 says this, At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of governmental affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. I mean, those are incredibly powerful, incredibly powerful qualities. He was faithful, Alex. He was always responsible and he was completely trustworthy. What do you need to do to have those qualities? Well, I would argue that one of the things you need to do is have consistency. And so these enemies who didn't want Daniel to get their job, they said, okay, we can get this guy on being devoted to his God. Devoted to his God. We're going to attack just, we're going to go straight up at that. So these guys went to the king. 
and they weren't straight up about their deal, right? They probably went in and said, hey, king, you are the goat. You're the king above all kings, right? And they laid it on thick. They said, you're the best. Nobody can fill your shoes. And you should decree that if anyone prays to any god besides you, that they, well, they will be thrown into the lion's den. And that's exactly what transpired. He's like, he's flattered. Careful of the flattery in our lives, right? People come up, hey, you're the best. What do you want? <laughs> right? Um, not always is it that way, but, but he signs off, and his signet ring strikes, strikes on the paper, right? What do you think? What do you think happened? What do we know that happened? Daniel was so faithful and consistent with God that Daniel 6.10 tells us exactly what happens. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows were open to Jerusalem. Three and three days times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to God just as he had done before. He didn't change anything because somebody had decreed something. Daniel did what he always did because it always put him in the right place with the one that mattered the most, God himself, Yahweh. Well, the Babylonian leaders got wind of this and said, hey, King Darius, your boy, you know, the one you like, Daniel, he's praying to that God. Well, you know, King Darius liked Daniel, but not so much to kind of, uh, you know, lower his expectations. So he was thrown into the lion's den overnight. Daniel 6.23 says this, the king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. I mean, he lifted Daniel out of the den. And then when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. Why? Because he trusted in God. He didn't trust in anyone else or anything else, not even in King Darius, and whom I'm sure he had a pretty good relationship with. I mean, King Darius didn't even want to see him die, but, you know, come and they go. I mean, seriously, that's how it happens. But where did he learn this trust? Where was the trust forged at? Can I tell you, I think that it was not forged in the lion's den. That would have been a little too late. I believe that Daniel learned to trust, trust God in his prayer closet. In his prayer closet. His faith wasn't built in the battle. His faith was built when he was on his knees with God intimately, one-on-one. -on -one. He had a consistent and sought-after heart of God. Three times a day, he was there. Day after day, week after week, month after month, he consistently saw God. It's not what we occasionally do that makes the difference. It's what we consistently do that makes the difference. So what do we do? What are our next steps? So how do we grow in our consistency, consistency when we are so ourselves inconsistent? I want to give you a game plan. Three important thoughts that I want to give to you in growing consistency. Number one, start with the why. Start with the why. Always. Uh, why are we doing this? 
What, what's up, right? If we want to grow in consistency, we're pre-deciding that we're going to be consistent. We start with the why. Why did Daniel pray consistently? Well, I can tell you that it probably was not for an outward show. It wasn't like the Pharisees we read about that Jesus points to in Scripture saying they are demonstrating that they want to be, how, be spiritual, praying on street corners in front of other people. Daniel went to his closet, knelt down, knelt down three times a day because he was devoted to his God. That's why he did what he did. He was devoted. He pre-decided three times a day, I'm going to pray because I need to pray. It's, it's essential for my living, my breathing. See, it, it's a lot of times our goals fail, friends, is because they're the results of our desires, not of our devotion. Again, we'll get to it. It's a result of our desire, not our devotion. If you have a desire, you might have a why, but it, but it, the why pulls out of the devotion. You, you don't have a compelling why when you have just a desire. It's why so many times when we, we say that we're going to lose weight, we talk about doing it two weeks from now. I'm going to start the diet two weeks from now. The why is not strong enough. Because when we walk past the, we, we, we know we should have a salad, and we walk past the chocolate cake, the chocolate cake will win every single time. The devotion is not there. It's why in many cases, when we go to our doctor, our doctor will tell you, hey, you know what? You need to stop smoking. Uh, you might need to stop drinking. Uh, you might need to cut out salt. And we go, yeah. Well, maybe in a couple weeks, maybe in a month. The desire doesn't meet in the right place. The why is not strong enough. To grow consistently, start with the why. Why do you want to be more consistent? And the question we have to ask ourselves, much like Daniel had to ask himself, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why? Where do you want to grow? Closer to God? If you want to grow close to God, I thank God for that. A, a better marriage, better relationships, financial stability, uh, to quit this bad habit, to start something. I mean, whatever it is. So let's take a few of these, not all of them. Well, I want to be closer to God. Why? Well, th- this, is the, this is the right thing to do. It's always the right thing to do. But why do you want to grow closer to God? Because that's what church people do, Right? I mean, that's a good reason. Or I'm, I'm sick and tired of the, uh, sick and tired of, of the devil distracting me. I believe I'm created by God for his glory and I want to serve him wholeheartedly. I mean, we, our why has to be strong enough to compel us into devotion to doing what we're asking us to do. That drives the devotion. Maybe you want to have a better marriage. Why? Well, you might say in the surface, and you dig deeper, it'll go further down, I believe, because my spouse is a jerk, sick, and, sick of them. I pray for them and pray for my spouse. I just want to become better. No, that won't hold you in it. I tell you, it will not hold you. How about this? I want to honor God with the vows I made at the altar. I want to honor God with the vows I made at the altar. Because I want to leave a godly example to my kids, 
and to the world around me. I want a legacy left for my grandchildren. They have a faith in the, in the faith that I have in God and a marriage that's built on the faith that's devoted to him. See, we have to ask our why. What is the why behind it? You know? It's not about willpower. It's about the why. The power of why. When you know your why, you will find a way. You will find a way. This brings out devotion. This is when the king says, you can't pray? No, I've got my why. I need God. I need God greater than I need you. I need God three times a day. I need to seek him in prayer. Because I promise you, when you want to be consistent, you're going to have some obstacles. There are going to be some rough bumps in your life that we're going to try to knock you off from being consistent. You're going to lack support from your friends, even the very closest ones to you. You're going to uh, even lack maybe that willpower you wanted to go into. You need to have a greater why, the devotion in it. Everything we do depends on the spirit of the living God who empowers us to be able to do what not our desires dictate, but what our devotion is, our why. When your values are clear, your decisions are easier. If you want to become more consistent, define your why. Spend time thinking about why do I need to do this? Why is this important? Friends, uh, if you're here this morning, um, and some of your friends who used to come with you are not here this morning, their why was not defined clearly. It's just as simple as that. And we can get into individual scenarios, but I can tell you their why was not defined well. Second one, plan to fail. Plan to fail. Sounds counterintuitive, doesn't it? But this is important. You plan to fail. You actually plan to not be perfect. Yep, I said that. You need to hear that because you're not, as much as we think we are. Daniel prayed three three uh, three times a day, and we read that just like he did before. But let me ask the question. Do you think he ever missed a day? Do you ever think he missed a prayer time? Yeah, that's one to think about. It doesn't say he didn't miss a prayer time. It just says, as he did before. I want to point that out. I mean, I think, because he's human just like us, that he probably did. He probably did. King Darius said to him one time, hey, Daniel, I need you to stay late from work. And he's like, okay, you know. And he missed an evening. Maybe that didn't happen, but could. Or he's caught in traffic. I don't know. You get the point, though, right? The reality is we're human. We, we will fail. It's not that our devotion is waning, but that the reality is we will fail. It, why, is it that, why is it that so, much, so many of us are inconsistent? It's because we're, we're not often, we're an all-or-nothing type of people. I, I am totally in on that one. An all-or-nothing mindset. It's because if we fail one time, we think we're a failure, which is a lie from Satan. He's working overtime on you, friends. 
He's lurking overtime. I failed to forget it. We have to remember that being consistent isn't the same thing as being perfect. There's no, there's, there's so much of a big difference between the two. Give yourself grace and mercy and kindness. Being consistent is not the same thing as being perfect. Here's what we know. It's what we know, right? So I shared about dating my wife, Kathy, and I think it's important. I believe that it's an atomic habit or a key habit that every married relationship should have. I'm not defining how it should be done, but I believe it should be done. But I will give you a few cues. It's the key to, key to loving your spouse in the same way that you love them to marry them. And your spouse desires that more than they say they do. I promise you, both men and women, they desire that. Doesn't need to be expensive, doesn't need to be fancy. In fact, I would suggest keep it as simple as possible. In fact, some of the, some of the better probably dates are things that are not so expensive, not so complex, not, but they are consistent. They're intentional and they're selfless. Are you going to mess? Sure. Uh, we do. We still do. They're just things that get in the way. But you want to get back on and in that rhythm. Be intentional and place, place it back in your calendar. If you're, if you're married or you're dating, re-engage. Plan to fail, though. Plan to fail. That know that the momentary failure is not is actually part of the process. It's just part of the process. It's building the muscle. It's an illusion, though, when we think that it's we have to have it done perfectly. In fact, I would say that there may be a few of us here this morning that are on the edge of following Jesus or we're not following Jesus yet. And it's all around this question. This question of do I have to be perfect? to follow him. What if I mess up? Does it mean that I'm not? What if I cuss or give somebody the bird or lose my temper? Whatever it is, I mean, it, it sometimes causes us to go, I can't do that. Well, the truth is that Jesus called everyone to follow him and he brings about the change in us. It's not about perfection, it's about consistency. You're going to miss, you, you decide to, to eat certain foods, you, you're going to get off that bandwagon, but it's getting back on it that's part of it. You're, you've decided to pay down that debt, but you then buy the thing that puts you further into debt. Get back on that bandwagon. I mean, it's just consistency. It's training ourselves to be consistent in those things that are important. Number three, enjoy the process. Yep, enjoy the process. This is what we're going to do. We're going to start with a why. We're going to plan to fail. And we're going, we're going to do is enjoy the process. We're going to enjoy the process. Daniel wasn't praying because he, it was a duty. He wasn't praying because it was a duty. He just loved his time with God. I believe that. He loved the intimacy. He, he knew. He, here's what I know about him because I know his character. He wasn't saying, hey, I'm... <laughs> I'm all this stuff and I'm going to get promoted. It wasn't about that. It was about knowing God, knowing him intimately. 
Here's the mistake we make often. We obsess about the goal. So you make a goal. I want to lose 20 pounds. I've got to pay off both credit cards. I've got to read through the whole Bible. Whatever your goal is, right? And when we're inconsistent, we tend to lose sight of the goal and we make it more difficult than it needs to be. Life is going to be tough. There are going to be roads that are not going to be smooth. But it's not about obsessing about the goal. We fall in love with the process or we enjoy the process. And what I know is that consistency helps us in the process. And we fall in love with that process over and over again. And when you achieve when you achieve today's goal or today's success, you will honor God today. That's our call. Our call is success when you honor God today. That's what success is. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pre-decide before we face that decision. We're going to, we're going to learn to pre-decide. But we can't, as we've already said through this message and already in the service, we can't do it on our own. We, we may say, I'm consistent, but we're only consistent with God being our helper or with God's help. So let's say this together. With God's help, I am consistent. Can we say that together? It's on the screen. With God's help, I am consistent. With God's help, that's the only way. That is truly the only way. It's the key to this whole thing. Meaning you can't be consistent on your own. Paul says, I don't even understand myself well. He asked a question later in his text, who can deliver me in Romans 7, who can deliver me from this body of inconsistency, this body of death? And he said, as we sang, praise be to Jesus Christ. He is the one who can empower us to live a life that honors God. He is the only one. So we pre-decide not on our willpower, but with God being our helper. With God being our helper. We, we want to we be consistent. We have to decide what area it's going to be. It may just be a moment. To, uh, you just want to close your eyes and ask the question, where, Lord, do you want me to be more consistent? Where is it that I'm not that you're asking me to that will change what, I'm, what I desire but needs to be led to a deeper, deeper why. Just close your eyes. I believe the Holy Spirit's here, if you would. And ask, Lord, where is it? Where is it that you want me to be more consistent? Where is it that I need you to help me? Three times a day, Daniel said, I seek the Lord. He pre-decided. That's not going to happen by accident. It's a decision that is made ahead of time. You start with a why. You know you're not perfect, so you plan to fail. And you enjoy the process. And the great news is, is you're, you're not successful when you achieve the future goal. You're successful when you honor God today. When you honor God today with God being your helper. Let's pray.